Hey, this is Heather Kiros, author of First Century Youth Ministry, and you're listening to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast. Thank you so much, Heather. Appreciate you being a part of the show. Great interview with Heather if you're interested in getting back to the basics, and I mean first century basics. If you're interested, I'll put a link down in the show note. You can listen to her interview, and uh, I welcome all of you in today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the show. If you're a first-timer here, thanks for checking out the program. I appreciate you being a part. And if you're a regular, as always, I appreciate your attention, hoping that you find value in the show, because my goal, as always, is to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. And so I hope that is what to do today. We're going to talk about the economy of youth ministry, the economy of youth ministry, and how you can spread the wealth out uh, amongst your students so that your youth ministry can grow and your students can grow exponentially uh, by giving them roles and responsibilities. But we're going to get into that in a little while. Before we do, though, it's time to get into the motion metrics. And last time, I remember we talked about that I might be retiring this, but I'm not going to retire it yet until I have something solid to replace it with. Now that I'm taking suggestions over in our Facebook group, so you're welcome to check that out. Uh, I'll put a link down in the show notes if you want to go join the Facebook group, and I hope you do, because I'll post questions there. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll post a video or something like that. So, you know, you get a little extra bonus, a little something extra, absolutely free, of course. So go over there, check it out, join the rest of the group over there. Uh, where we talk about things, uh, like talks like things in the show, you know, we kind of explore it a little bit more. So hope that you'll check that out. All right, so motion metrics. As far as cities go, want to thank Columbus. Columbus, thank you. I don't like I said, I I don't know where these cities are. I mean, it could be Columbus, Georgia. It could be Columbus somewhere else. But Columbus, thanks for listening. Uh, Saint Joseph. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you wherever you're at. And Dallas. Welcome, Dallas. Thanks for uh, joining the program. And uh, as far as the uh, countries go, we have the UK and also the Russian Federation again. So I want to thank all of our international listeners for being a part of the program. Now, like I said, we're going to talk about the economy of youth ministry. But before we get into that, uh, I want to talk to you about uh, my store. If you didn't know this, I have a store where I write curriculum, and we're we're really getting into once again. Summer's kind of done. If you're if you're not set for summer, I'm sorry. There are uh, several episodes that I have. Uh, if you go to SoundCloud.com, and if this is where you're listening at, or wherever you're listening at, but it's on SoundCloud. Uh, there's the top five episodes there. I've front loaded that with some episodes about summer. So if you're interested in that, check it out. Uh, but summer is pretty much done. It's pretty much concrete for most of you. So I'm getting into talking about fall and how uh, you can make your fall really, really, really something special for your students and build a successful youth ministry around principles and ideas, but keeping the gospel first and foremost. You can't have just tips and tricks. The gospel is what changes people. Uh, the resurrection of Jesus is what changes people. So let's not get it twisted, guys. We We have to understand that Everything we do points to Jesus in youth ministry, right? So, yeah, at least I hope that's true for you and your youth ministry. All right, so before we get into the main content today, like I said, I have a store that I would love you to check out. And if you, there'll be a link down in the description, but I write curriculum. Uh, so if you're looking for something for your Sunday school, your small group, your Wednesday night messages, 
you say, I really am looking for something, uh, you know, that I can really kind of get into. And once again, I write the, I write, uh, you know, as somebody who has, was a youth pastor for 30 years, uh, I go deep into the messages. I, you know, I don't try to skimp. I, I try to give as much value in there as possible. And then I encourage you to make it your own. You know, you don't have to do it verbatim. And so I encourage you, go ahead and check out the store. Uh, there'll be a link down there. Like I said, tons of curriculum in there, small group stuff, devotional stuff, uh, all the things you need, you know, Christmas stuff, Thanksgiving stuff. Go check it out and start to get your fall planning in order. All right. So today we're talking about the economy of youth ministry, the economy of youth. ministry. Listen, as of May 2021, the United States unemployment rate is 5.8. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, Right. But based, uh, you know, uh, on our population, uh, which I believe is around 350 million people, that's a little over 20 million people out of work. That's a lot of people that that's a lot of people that are out of work. And just like our nation and your nation, whatever your whatever your uh, unemployment population uh, is, uh, you know, there's a a physical and a spiritual economy to our youth ministry. In the physical economy, we know that when people are working, uh, money flows back into the economy, right? There's uh, people have money to spend at stores. Uh, they're able to order things online. Uh, they're able to visit their favorite, you know, coffee place or breakfast joint or whatever it is. But money flows back into the economy when the economy is good because people are making money. They have jobs to be able to spend money, so forth and so on. Products get made, right? Because when you spend money, people are able to make more of whatever it is that you want. People are more satisfied. There's less crime. And the government pays less in welfare. So what does that mean then if our youth ministry's unemployment rate is high? You know, do a, do a check there. Ask yourself, how many kids in my youth group have a role or responsibility? And then you'll be able to look at it and say, okay, percentage, you figure out your own unemployment rate for your youth ministry. If it's 50%, think about that. If you have a 50% unemployment rate, that's trouble because 50% of your kids show up every week and have no role, no responsibility. Why should they show up to your youth ministry? You know, I, I have an adage that I say, so look, if you want somebody to show up, give them a job, give them a role and a responsibility. That way they are they are bought into the program because they're contributing to it. They're not coming in and, and holding out their hand and say, give me. They're saying, look, I'm, I'm here to work. I'm here to do something. Even if it's a small role, even if it's something that, you know, that you would say is inconsequential, but to them, it's something that they get to do. So what does that mean if your youth ministry unemployment rate is high? It means that you have a possible mess on your hands, okay? Well, when there's unemployment, you know, in any nation, there's lots of problems, right? Uh, kids without roles or responsibility means this. You, the youth pastor, are working harder than you need to. If you give out some roles and responsibilities, there's nothing, newsflash, youth pastors, there's nothing you do that a student with a little bit of training and mentoring can't do. Yes, that includes the preaching as well. Uh, it also means if your kids don't have roles and responsibility, your your group is moving towards being a spiritual welfare group where all they do is show up, put their hand out and you give to them, 
right? They come with hands open, but hearts closed. They're saying, look, what new trick do you have for me? What new, what new thing are you going to do to tickle my fancy? What new type of entertainment are you going to bring that's going to cause me to keep coming back to this youth group? And that's not healthy. That's not a healthy economy at all. And the last thing I would say is this, kids without roles and responsibility means that kids are not discovering their purpose or calling through trial and error. So you give some a kid a role and th- maybe they, they're, they're not very good at it. Great, give them another job and keep giving them things that they're going to be comfortable with that they can succeed at. And if you do that over and over again, they're going to find their place within their youth ministry. I, I would ask you to consider this. Look at the parable of the vineyard. The scripture says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. And he agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. And just so you know, a denarius uh, by those terms of today's uh, economics is worth about $3.62. I got that from uh, smallbizviewpoints.com, but $3.62 to go out and work in the fields. And, this, and the scripture continues, about nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. Look at that. They're doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went and he went out again at noon and at about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around and he asked him, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? And they answered, because no one has hired us. Listen, I imagine, like in my youth ministry, you have kids that are sitting on the side of the road. They're, as, they're sitting uh, you know, on the corner simply because they have not been asked to serve. Think about a program you want to run or a job that needs to be done. Which kid can fill that role? The more you hire, the more you reap the benefits. Like you have kids taking ownership of their youth ministry. You will have less behavior problems when students have roles and responsibilities. Rather than you telling kids to be quiet all the time, they're doing something. They're doing something they're good at. They're doing something they're happy to do. And you're asking them to do it, and they are thrilled to be there doing it. You have permission into their lives by giving them a role and responsibility and can help equip them to equip them to do their role. When you give them a role and responsibility, just like when a young person gets a job, you know, there's a manager then who says you work here and I have, I can be able to tell you uh, and train you and mentor you. And you have this, you build a relationship and a rapport with students by giving them a role and responsibility. You, you increase that relational uh, currency between the both of you, because now you're, you're both doing something that matters, right? And when they don't have a job and you're doing all the work, then you have no ability other than to control their behavior. It's just behavior modification. You're trying to make them stop doing bad things. But when you place them in a role and responsibility, something they can succeed at, then you're helping them, right? And you're helping your youth ministry's economy by putting kids to work. Now, listen, Another thing you get to do is this, you build excitement. When more kids are doing things, they are reaping the benefits of whatever you've designed the program to do, right? Whatever that is, you're building a a sense of excitement and ownership amongst them. And the other thing is this, students feel fulfilled that they are making the program run. In other words, they're taking part 
in something, God's work. They're in the harvest fields, right? They're in the harvest fields doing the work of whatever it is. And you say, there's nothing inconsequential. Taking out the trash at the end of the night, cleaning up at the beginning, putting out chairs. There's no small, there's no bad job. There, there are jobs and roles. What, what anybody is willing to commit to, that is good work. And that, that, even putting the chairs out, is saying, look, they've contributed to the overall uh, purpose of that meeting. You know, look around. You're going to find student leaders that are just standing on the corner saying, I, 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 I need a job. You say, Paul, they're not looking to work. Yes, they're looking to serve in the smallest way. And if you'll simply ask them, they'll do it. Now, listen, I want to give you 31 roles and responsibilities for teens. Okay. I believe in the economy of youth ministry. You know, youth ministries, like I said, are like small cities. And when you, when you, people are invested, uh, you know, there's less things like vandalism or crime or blight, right? You don't have time to do that because you're busy doing something of value. More kids who serve weekly or monthly, there's less complaints, there's less gripings, there's less boredom, and there's more vision. So here are some things that I have jobs, roles, responsibilities that I've given out over the years. Some are a natural part of, of youth ministry and some, uh, you know, I've created, you know, uh, when I was in youth ministry, I created to give students, you know, who were gifted in that area. So listen, nothing on this list that I'm going to give you is sacred. All right. Your students can do this if with a little bit of training and a little bit of mentoring. So I'm just going to go through the list and uh, and hopefully you just take notes and say, look, here, what strikes you? Where, where are you doing too much and your students are doing too little, right? Here's the list. Create worship slides, make announcements, take offering, poetry reading. I had a kid who did this. Uh, Pre-wrap your message, right? What can a kid do before you? I had a kid that who would, pre, he was good at rap. He was good at hip hop and he would create little rhymes before my message. Just like the kid who did poetry would do a post reading of my message. He would create, I'd give him my notes and say, hey, make a poem about this verse or about this. Do something like that, right? Include kids who are, uh, who have an art uh, background or who are artistic in some way, okay? More on the list, share a testimony, right? Uh, create a cafe. If you have a cafe, give them a role. If you don't have a cafe, start one and work together with kids to create something every week where they can serve snacks and refreshments. Clean the room, set up chairs, lead the game, sing a song, do a dance, do a drama or a monologue, play in the band, lead worship, design graphics, Become the weekly photographer or videographer. Run your social media. Run the soundboard. Preach. Teach. Be a small group leader. Run the computer. Do an illustration. Uh, edit video. Make movies or slides, uh, you know, uh, for, for the message or do it for fun, right? Do Just have them do little TikTok videos that you can show up on the screen. Be a greeter. Uh, follow up. Uh, be a follow-up for new guests, mentor middle school students. If you have high school students, give them a role to mentor middle school students, disciple new believers. And that is my list. That's my list of 31 roles and responsibilities that you can give to kids. And there's many more. You can probably think of another 31 more. Every youth ministry is designed differently. Your youth ministry may not need all these roles, but 
what I see in modern youth ministries, and look, there's a lot of students who they come to receive, they come to get, uh, and it has been uh, professionalized in the way that says, look, kids don't have to do anything. It's already, it's just, you know, we don't have to have kids do anything, which I would ask them, then where's the student leadership and student development? And hopefully large churches are figuring that out and doing that somewhere else. Uh, but I would say the more students you see serving, uh, the more likely those kids are learning. And not everybody kids going to be perfect. I know. There, I know there's there's image that youth group has to be perfect. And I just don't think the early church was perfect. I don't think today's church is perfect. And I don't think tomorrow's church has to be perfect. And uh, so, you know, we don't have to put on the image. We don't have to put out the facade that says, look, this is great. This is the, you know, all, look, I understand. Everybody wants to have the best worship band. Fantastic, you know. But let me tell you, when you have students doing ministry, even imperfectly, you know, God gets the glory out of that. So guys, I want to encourage you, you know, find some ways to help your students plug in, especially in the fall. Find ways for kids to be able to uh, find their callings, find their giftings by giving them roles and responsibilities. So what if they fail at it? Give them another role, encourage their hearts and say, look, try it, give it a chance. And they're going to find their way in. And uh, one of the great joys of my life is is if hearing a kid say, I said, well, where did you learn that? So I learned to do that in youth group. I learned to edit video. I learned to do Photoshop. I learned to do all these things because a youth worker took the time to teach them. And so guys, that is it for today. I hope that today has been a blessing to you. I hope that the information I've given you has inspired you to take a look at the economy of your youth ministry, look at your unemployment rate, and then figure out how to get more students to be able to serve and discover who they are in Christ. That is it for today, guys. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you being here. If you love the show, please go over to iTunes and leave a review. I would love to read some reviews uh, on the next episode. So why don't you go on over there, leave a five-star review, and I will read it next time we get together. So that is it for today, guys. Thank you so much for your time. And just remember, if nobody's told you lately that you're doing a good job, hear me say it. You're doing a good job and you're only going to get better. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you in the next episode.